my first job and I'd kicked off a full-blown siege and a 30-strong lynch mob was ready to rip our suspect to pieces. I'd had better Monday mornings. I glanced up at the windows of the council house in Hackney's heartland. Somewhere behind the glass was our man, armed with a knife, threatening suicide. I shivered in the January drizzle as the van full of officers in riot gear pulled up. What was keeping the hostage negotiator? He'd been talking to the bloke for ages. A white guy with a mullet was the most vocal of the growing mob. Scum! he yelled at the house. Castrate the bastard! About thirty neighbours and passers-by had joined him in the street. Pure hatred radiated from them to the house. James and Simon were both giving me daggers. What? It's not my fault the guy's a fruit loop. But I knew my gung-ho approach hadn't helped. When I joined Hackney's Trunk Protection Team at the end of 2001, I thought I had all of the answers to their many problems. I was rapidly finding out that this was not the case. The Child Protection Team, now called the Child Abuse Investigation Team, or CAIT, investigates all forms of abuse, whether physical, mental, sexual or emotional, of a child by family members, extended family members, main carers, babysitters, youth workers and teachers, because in most cases of child abuse, that is exactly who's responsible. In this case, it was an uncle accused of molesting his nine-year-old nephew. When my colleagues heard I'd applied to join child protection, they asked me, what the hell are you going there for? It was a fair question. Nobody wanted to join the cardigan squad, so-called because child protection officers were seen as woolly, glorified social workers that mopped up after domestics. It was the least glamorous department in the Met, a real career cul-de-sac. Ambitious officers were expected to fight drug dealers and terrorists, the exciting big-budget departments with cool gadgets and massive prestigious operations. Not me. I wanted to be out on the streets, fighting crime, getting my hands dirty. My hard-hitting approach had worked wonders at my previous posting, as a uniformed sergeant in charge of the five-man Haringey drug squad. My team and I decided that the only way to return the streets to the community was to fight a war against crack. Our mission was to eliminate all 100 crack houses in our borough in one year. It should have been impossible. But we did it. As a direct result, all black-on-black killings in Haringey were halted for the following 12 months. About six months into our marathon, we crashed into a crack house in Tottenham. By this time, we were pretty much immune to the sight of prostitutes and their clients in a filthy, stinking room. But this time, we were brought up short by a sight that absolutely stunned us. In one of the bedrooms, we found two terrified kids hiding under the bed. One was six years old, the other eleven. The older child asked me if they could still go to school. Christ, I thought, what chance have they got? I made sure they were handed over to the care of child protection. A few weeks later, as I took one dealer into custody, a little girl walked past me in the company of two adults. She looked terrified. I wondered what her life would be like, growing up surrounded by violence and horror. I hated the fact that, more than any other age group, drugs seemed to hurt children the most. I didn't know it then, but living just a few doors away was another little girl who was about to change my life. Her name 
was Victoria Columbier. From July 1999, the moment she arrived in Tottenham from the Ivory Coast, eight-year-old Victoria was tortured by her aunt, Marie Kua, and her boyfriend, Carl Manning, who believed she was possessed. To exorcise the evil spirits, she was beaten with belt buckles, bicycle chains, coat hangers, and shoes. Razor blades were taken to her fingers and a hammer to her toes. She was burned with cigarettes, had boiling water poured over her, and slept on a bin bag in the bath. She died on the 25th of February 2000 of hypothermia, severe neglect, and malnutrition. Her body had 128 injuries. According to the official inquiry that followed, a large part of the blame fell on the blinding incompetence of Haringey social workers who missed 12 chances to save her.